Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Praise God, praise God. We bless the name of the Lord tonight. We're so thankful to be among the living today. We thank God for his protecting power, for his keeping power. We give honor to God, the creator of all heaven and earth, and everything that you see about you. We give honor to Jesus Christ, the wounded lamb that died for us and sacrificed his life, that we may have this opportunity for salvation. We thank and praise God for the Holy Ghost being a teacher of all truths and all spirits. We give honor to all the pastors and our pastor God. We give honor to the members and the elders, the apostles all over the country that are striving to do the perfected will of God. And we thank God for the panel members being so dedicated, coming out and supporting us tonight. We're going to be coming from Jeremiah, the 12th chapter. But before we do that, I'd like to have a prayer by my husband. Father God, first of all, we thank you, God, for another day, God. God, we thank you for giving us, God, life, health, and strength with the mind, God, to just give it all to you today, God. And God, even now as we come before you, God, God, we pray that you will remove everything in us, God, and you will equip us, God, with everything that's needed that we should say to to the people, God. And God, we just want to thank you once again for this golden opportunity. God, Lord, to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, and to stand up for your name, God. Because, God, we know where where you brought us from, and we know, God, where you're going to take us. And all we got to do is put our trust in you, God. And, God, we believe in you by faith today, God, that you will open up the windows of heaven, God. And, God, that you want to pour out a mighty blessing, God. Lord, we just want to thank you, and we give it back into you. In Jesus' name we pray, and our very souls say yes. Hallelujah, God. Before we begin, we'd like to send out some uh, strength to our fellow saints and uh, friends who have lost loved ones, to our evangelist Dorothy Beatty and the Morrissey family in the loss of their great her great nephew. We uh, send out encouraging words to our sister Isabella Mickles, who lost her brother this morning. We want to pray for our mother, Judy Jamison, with the loss of her son-in-law, for Mother Connie Parker, for the loss of her daughter, Anna, for Evangelist Diane Pitt's family, for their loss of a wonderful mother, and to the people of God all over the world during the loss of their loved ones. We pray that they have a great testimony that they died in Christ, and now they're with God in the bosom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to be coming from Jeremiah, the uh, 12th chapter, and uh, I'm going to start out with the first uh, six verse, first five verses, first four verses. 
and uh, we're going to rotate until we complete it, just in the hopes that some of our other panel members will be joining us tonight. Now, I had an opportunity to read the King James Version, which is a book that I normally study from and I come from with the Word of God. And I also looked at the uh, International Version. So I'm going to be talking from the King James Version, but also uh, taking some thoughts from the International Version of the Holy Bible. The 12th chapter of Jeremiah reads, Righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee, yet let me talk with thee of thy judgments. Wherefore doeth the way of the wicked prosper? Wherefore are all they happy that deal very treacherously? Thou hast planted them, yea, thou hast taken root. They grow, yea, they bring forth fruit. Thou art near in their mouth and far from their reins. But thou, O Lord, knowest me. Thou hast seen me and tried mine heart toward thee, pulled them out like sheep for the slaughter, and prepared them for the day of slaughter. How long shall the land mourn than the herbs of every field wither? For the wickedness of them that dwell therein, the beasts are consumed, and the birds, because they say, he shall not see our last end. Now, I looked at this and I understand Jeremiah has come to a place like many of us as saints of God. We look upon what the sinner man or the one that doesn't believe in God or is not striving to do the perfect will of God, or they're just not confessing to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And they seemingly are prospering while the people of God are suffering. And here Jeremiah talks to God, and he tells God that he's always righteous. And when he wants now to talk one-on-one with God, because he wants to know why it appears to him that the wicked are prospering, and why do all the faithless live at ease? In other words, he's saying they've got the big houses, they've got the uh, big positions, they're prospering in uh, society because they have things that are above the need. They've gone to lavish lengths to obtain the great jobs, the great positions, the political positions, the uh, positions of great churches where the pastors are over four or 5,000 members. And maybe they think, as Jeremiah is saying, that not all of them hearts are towards God. And we know that uh, the wicked seemingly prosper because they obtain the natural things, things we can see and we can touch and we know that they have versus obtaining the spiritual growth. So he told the Lord, he said, you planted them and they have taken root. In other words, they made sure they're here to stay. They grow and they bear fruit. 
they get grow up, they get married, they have children, they teach their children their ways, and far be it, but God is always on their lips, but far from their hearts. If they're in trouble, they say, oh, Lord, would you please help me, deliver me, God. I need to be set free, God. Lord, send down your reign of mercy. Touch my son, God. Don't let him die, God. Give him grace and mercy. But here we see that it's not in their hearts. For if it was in their hearts, not only would they cry and ask for God to save and to deliver and to set free, they would also pray that God would give them strength to endure, that if he don't deliver, if he doesn't heal, if he doesn't set free, they're still going to serve the Lord. Yet you know me, Lord, Jeremiah, talking to God. He's complaining about what he sees with his natural eye. You see me, and you test my thoughts, and you drag and all about me. Whatever I'm going through, Lord, you see I'm holding on by the thread of grace, and mercy. I'm trying to do everything you've assigned to my hand, God. No matter what the people say, they don't want to hear your word, God. I'm still going out. I'm still prophesying, giving your words to the people, telling them what's going to happen if they don't turn from their wicked ways. I'm doing all that you've told me to do, God. And then he turns around and says, you see all of this, all my thoughts and everything. And you drag them off like sheep to the butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. How long, he asked, will the land lie parched, dry, desert-like, not thriving, and the grass in every field be like be withered? The grass is not growing as high as it should. If you notice, the crops are not growing as tall as they used to. Tobacco now grows about four or five feet when it used to grow almost ten feet in height. Because those who live in it are wicked. The animals and the birds have perished. It used to be that you could go out and you could shoot your dinner. Here, uh, that's the same thing with Jeremiah. It used to be that you could go out, you could find an animal, bring them home, domesticate a pig or a goat, get milk from it, have a cow, and now it's not as plenteous as it used to be. Moreover, the people are saying, he will not see what happens to us. This is the people of God. They tell that God everything that he's doing for the sinner man everything that they're getting and what we don't have and what we're not getting. And it appears as if God has forsaken and looked away from the people of God and they're not getting the things that they need or they're fighting harder to get things that they need when the sinner man seems to be overflowing with that good thing. But the Lord is letting us know our walk is not a natural walk. Amen. What we see the man or the sinner man with are natural objects that can be taken away in an instant. Mm -hmm. But what he gives to the people of God is the spiritual morality and the promise of eternal life. 
He saves us and preserves us from the sins of the world and gives us a voice to tell others about the goodness of God. And though it seems like we're not prospering, we are prospering because once we plant the seed in the mind of a sinner and they see how God moves for us and how God delivers us from certain situations, open doors for us of spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that there is a God. Yes, and Lord. there is a God, there's a chance for them. All God told us to do was go out and spread mm-hmm. the word. That's Tell bad men and women about God. Amen. This, Jeremiah's doing going out spreading the word of God. Telling the people what God is going to do, what God has done for them, why they should remember God as a Savior and not look upon the natural things. But they choose to take the easy road. It's easier to do the things of the world than it is to obey a true and living God. And this is where they are. And Jeremiah is complaining because he sees God's judgment, and he sees what the world is doing, and he sees the struggle of the saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled people, those that God had delivered and brought out of a land of slavery and all, and he wonders why. And that's where we are right here with uh, verses 1 through 4. Now, I'm going to ask someone to take the next Four verses because all that Jeremiah has said, now God is going to give him an answer. I'll take him. Okay. Verse 5, if thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, thou wearieth thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? For even thy brethren... And the house of thy father, even they have dwelt treacherously with thee. Yea, they have called a multitude after thee. Believe them not, though they speak fair words unto thee. I have forsaken my house. I have left my heritage. I have given the dearly beloved of my soul into the hand of her enemies. Lion in the forest, it crieth out against me, therefore have I hated it. Jeremiah again, he's talking. If I had run with the horsemen, the footmen, and the footmen were walking, they weren't riding horses, how in the world can they contend with horses that run so, that run so fast and are so strong? And if the land of the peace where thou trustest, thou weariest it, then how will thou do in the swelling of the Jordan? And we talk about the river of Jordan. You know, the waves, they did, they will, they did rise, and they will rise. And he's talking about the strong, the strong force of those waves. How, how, how can he contend with that? And God just can be, begins to speak to Jeremiah. Even though, even though Jeremiah, he was sweeping for the people, and he prayed for the people, and he prophesied to the people. He loved the people, and so did God. But God also told him to speak his word so that none would, so none would be lost. 
Now, it was up to them if they received that word, but he spoke the word of God, and because of that, it came to pass what God said would would be. And it says in verse 6, For even thy brethren and the house of thy father, even they that dwell treacherously with me, yea, they have called a multitude after thee. Believe them not, though they speak fair words unto you. I don't care what they say. The words might be very fair. They might not be harsh, but don't believe them. Don't believe them. Believe what I've told you and speak what I have given unto your mouth to speak. And Jeremiah said, but I've forsaken my house. I've left mine heritage. I've given thee dearly beloved of my soul into the hands of her enemies. I've poured my heart out. I bore my whole soul out to the people as you directed me to, Father God. And Jeremiah is just still, he's just saying, after I've done all that you have called me to do, why are these people so still stiff-naked, so hard-hearted, so un 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 unbelieving of you or trusting you to, to keep on doing how you brought them out of Egypt? Jeremiah is just, he's, he's really in pain because of the people and their just nonchalant attitudes about God. And then verse 8, my heritage is unto me as a lion in the forest. It crieth out against me, therefore have I hated it. And we can we can think about a lion when he's when he's in the forest, how he how he is the king of the of the forest, you know anything he wants if he if he wants it and he gets it, you know he runs he runs and the forest is, is his home is his domain, and he even said that um, therefore had he hated it, you know his you know he cried out against me and therefore I've hated it, he 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 was really feeling bad. And not to the point, not to the point that uh, he wasn't doing what God would have him. But it hurt him to see a people that God had brought out of wilderness into a land flowing with milk and honey that they just turned their back on God. It 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 it, it just really bothered his spirit. That's why he that's why he is called the weeping prophet because he weeped for the people. He mourned for the people. He pleaded for the people. He prayed for the people. He prophesied to the people. And yet of all of his prophesying and all of the things that God had called him to do, there were still those who still did not do what God had instructed them to do. After warning, after warning, after warning, after prophecy, after prophecy. Amen. Amen. Uh, I just want to relate something from the International Virgin. Um, When they were talking about... Uh, the footmen, the horses. Okay. And all. Um, the Lord was asking if men cannot race with men on foot. Right. Then how can they walk, run with men with horses? Horses. Mhm. And if you stumble in a safe country, mm-hmm. how will you fare in a country that is not safe? Mm-hmm. And He refers to Jordan as. By the Jordan. And then it goes down in, in number uh, six where it says, My brethren, in, in the sixth verse it says, For even thy brethren 
That means your relatives, members of your own family have betrayed you. They raised up a loud cry against you. This is what happened to all of the people that Jeremiah was prophesying to. Instead of listening to God, they listened to the family. And Jeremiah walked with God. So his relatives turned against him. They betrayed him. And they cried out loud against him and told him not to trust him. That, and they didn't speak well of him. People today go through that same thing when they give their lives to Christ. Nobody understands the price or what God has given us until we receive the same thing. So then they try to dissuade us from doing the perfected will of God. Some say we're crazy. Some say that you don't hear the voice of God. God don't talk to people. But here we hear, we see that God did use Jeremiah to speak to the people. And uh, as Jeremiah was saying, he forsook his home, his house, and he gave up his inheritance. And his one love is to God. And then it appears that he's been turned over into the hands of her enemy. This is God talking to uh, Jeremiah. But that's not true. What we see with our natural eyes are not always what happens. And the inheritance has become to me like a lion in the forest. And a lion in the forest can hide. You know, we can't see that lion in this thicket part of the forest. If it's fall and the trees aren't full of leaves and greenery, then we might be able to spot the shadow of that lion. But that lion is so treacherous and so keen as a hunter that he would be upon us before we could even see him. So here we see that God answers every question that Jeremiah gets, says with what he feels he will understand and see that his walk in salvation is stronger and deeply rooted than the walk of the world. And he's going to be hated for it. Uh, Minister Orr, you have anything you want to add to that? Okay, you want to take the next... Uh, anybody else out there from the panel? Okay, we're going to ask... Have not my inheritance become to me like a wretched bird of prey that other birds prey, surrender, and attack? Go and gather all the wild beasts, bring them to be devoured. Okay, in that they were saying, like, I will even give them unto the hands of of their enemies Mm -hmm. and to the hands of them that seek their lives. And their dead bodies shall be as meat unto the fowls of <clears throat> of the heavens and the fowls of the land. It's in number nine. And in number ten it says, uh, Many shepherds will rain my uh, vineyard and, and trample my, my fields. They will turn my pleasant fields unto a, a desolate land. He was saying um, in here, in this he was saying that uh, 
is speaking of speaking of Nebuchadnezzar and the leaders under him who were coming to Judah and to Trump by dropping under them like uh, like footstool, the truth that they're going to take cold advantage and they're going to basically do what they want to do because they won't serve God. And in number uh, 11, it will be made a wasteland, parched and, des- and desolate before me, and the whole land will be as a wasteland because there is no one who cares. And it said in number 11, it was saying that the whole land shall be as a desolate and banishment, and their, and their nation shall be, shall be a servant to the king of Babylon, it say for several years, that the Babylon is going to take uh, rule them, and they won't have no say of what they have to do. And number 12 said, over the, of all the barren heights and in the desert, destroy, desert, the swarm, and the sword of the Lord will devour all of the fire from one end of the land to the other end, and no one will be safe. It's saying like, uh, in number 12, it's saying, uh, the Babylon will be the sword of the Lord, will be able to, uh, and, and will be the instruction of the Lord's hand to carry out all the things that God will Flick upon them because they wouldn't pay a price. They were not willing to to stop and to give God the glory, honor, and praise. And they forgot where God had bought them from because God had been mighty good to them. But it's like in the in the world now, when you're doing good, you really don't need God, as people say. When you need God, when God take you down to your lowest stage, when you pit, uh, when you have no one else to call on. And that's how they were. As long as they were joyful, having fun, partying, sinning, and doing all that, it was good. But when when uh, destruction came and things come, they said, oh, God, can you help me? And that's the way it's going to be there. God is calling his people to do what's needed now. But when you're doing good, you don't, you don't want to do. Even if you could take when they had the earthquake. In that time when the earthquake hit here. All you heard was everybody coming to God saying, God, can you help me, God? They put their trust in God. But after like three or four weeks, they went back to their old ways. They forgot how good God had been to them. But God wants people now to stand up for him through the bad time, through the good time. When you're doing bad and people see that you're doing bad and you still can give God the glory and the honor, you are light to somebody to tell them if they can do it, and I know what they're going through. But God, is, they had their trust in God and they believe in God can do it. And that's the way it is now. God wants his people to put total Total trust in him, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of how bad it seems. Even though your children might be taking you through it in a, in a bad way, where you say, God, my children just giving me a fit. God, but God said he's going to fix this situation, and God is a God of faith, that you have to believe that God's going to do it. But a lot of people... If you don't see it, you don't believe it. God is a God that you, that you got to believe what you don't see. If God said, you know he don't lie. If God said it, it's coming true. 
regardless of how bad it seems, because it might get worse before it get better. But it's gonna, but when it do get better, you can say with not a shadow of a doubt that God is doing. And like I say, Jeremiah has been pleading. Like he said, like in the first verse, he said he just couldn't understand. Say, God, I know that you're righteous. I know your ways, God. I know you speak the truth. But, God, you still have mercy and justice that you won't turn their back on, even though you see their wickedness and seem like they won't cease at all, God. But that's mean I say, God is not like man. God is a merciful God. God will do everything that he say that he'll do. Your time and God's time is not the same time. You say, well, God, why don't you move, God? God wants you to do it. God wants you to do this. But God said when God moves, it's at the right time. And when God sets something straight, it's straight all the time. Amen, amen. I thank you for that word. Now we want to talk about, uh, and I just want to bring out a couple points in uh really sort of going back to the first part up into where he's read, we see that Jeremiah complained and God is giving him his answers to his complaint. And uh, in the ninth verse, if but before we get to the ninth verse, you realize that God is talking about his house and the house of our forefathers and how um, prophecy used to be so pronounced in the land that when a prophet came into town, he received respect just because he walked with authority. And when he spoke, God bore witness to it and responded quickly. But now if you look down in the ninth verse, tenth verse, it said, many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. That means that where they used to come in and they would speak to authority, to kings and to pastors or men of God, and they would respect what they say, now they question what the prophet says. They question if it was really God. They begin to compromise, and then they get allow things to happen that normally would not have happened. This is what happened during Jeremiah's time. People believed only what they saw, and since God had not rebuked them for that sin, or the act that they were doing, they felt that they had gotten away with it. But what they did was they muddied the land of God in the house of God. They destroyed his beautiful vineyards, the things that God had blessed them with. They had no concern, no care. They paid no attention to upkeeping the the uh, land or taking care of the plants and what have you. And the same way with the shepherds, there was a time when you spoke the truth in Jeremiah's time. They spoke the truth. They told, thus saith the Lord. They didn't add to it. They didn't take from it. And the authority was with them when they spoke the word. And people were saved, set free, delivered. And then you come along and now you're starting to waver. You're not doing all that God wanted you to do. You're sort of saying, okay, it's okay if you do that, but just make sure you come to church on Sunday. You do what you're supposed to do. Same way back in Jeremiah's time, they began to compromise, and once they opened the door for compromise, then people were doing everything that they thought they were big enough to do. 
And this is the same thing that is happening with today's society. But we must be steadfast, unmovable, and always abiding in the Word of God because if we don't, then we too will allow the land to become muddied and it'll become the straw, excuse me, and it'll become uh, unlivable for the people of God. And the land is really for us to serve God, not for us to do the things that we want to do or always allow our will to overcome the Creator. And that's what's being uh, expressed in these verses when God speaks back to Jeremiah answering his questions. Uh, Minister Chapman, you want to add something to that? Man, um, I I just like what uh, what was said, and just to add a little bit to that, when our verse ten says, "Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard; they have trotted my." portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. And it goes right back to say when God said that he would give us pastors after his own heart. So they had lost their love for God and they had started doing things their way. And as a result of that, they had destroyed the vineyards and the vineyards were the people of God. You, you, you're not leading them, uh, as thus said the Lord. You're not teaching them the word of God. And because of that, your portion has been trotted underfoot. And I, 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 like, I like what God says because when God gives us something, it's, it's, it's because he loves us. And he said that he would give us pastors after his own heart. And you know when you have a pastor when they seek the will of God for the people of God and they and they respect God's will and what he's telling them to direct us to do. He's not a respecter of people and I and I love that about God because he does give us men and women who really love him and have a heart and desire to do his will for the people of God. And I bless the name of the Lord for that. Amen. Um I'm going to ask uh, Minister Chapman if you would take uh, 13 and 14. All right. They have sowed wheat, but shall reap thorns. They have put themselves to pain, but shall not profit. And they shall be ashamed of your revenues because of the fierce anger of the Lord. Thus said the Lord against all my evil neighbors they that touch the inheritance which I have caused my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them out of their land and pluck out the house of Judah from amongst them. God is just seeing what he's going to do. He said, you know you went and you planted wheat, but you're going to reap the thorns instead of the wheat. You have you have put your you have put themselves to pain. You have put me to pain, but you shall not profit. It's not going to work. Everything that you've done unto me, it's not working because I am God and I will have no other God before me. And they shall be ashamed of your revenue because of the fierce anger of the Lord. They're going to be ashamed of everything that you tried to do or you think you're prospering prospering because they know that it's going to be the fear anger of the God 
that is going is, is, is gonna to be your reproach. Amen. Amen. Thus said thus the Lord, all my enemy, all my evil neighbors, that's everybody that lives 10 blocks, 10 miles, 20 miles, or within the area, all of them, all of them said the Lord. <laughs> he said, He said that touch the inheritance which I have caused my people Israel to inherit. And I like that word when he said, Behold, that means, oh, I am going to do this. Behold, I will pluck them out of their land and pluck out the house of Judah from them. God is going to take everything that is not of him, and he's going to pluck it away. Just like when he tells us, let the tear and the wheat grow together, and he will do the separating. That's what he's saying right here. He's going to separate. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to do that but God, and nobody can do that but God, the Word of God. So, Amen. Again, he's he he's he's telling, he's he's he told them what he's going to do, and now he's doing it. And now they're going to be almost like in the days of Noah, you know, when they began to rain and the water began to rise, and they couldn't, and they knocked on the door and they couldn't get in. It's almost almost like a same repeat. Amen. Amen. And it also said, like to say, well, the sowing of wheat, mm-hmm. that was uh, uh, regarding their man-made religi- uh, religious uh, worship mm-hmm. in their minds, and they were, uh, uh, wasn't willing to do what God had because they had their own idol worship, mm-hmm. man devices, and they rejected God, and the, and, uh, the wheat would be like born. In so many words, it'd be like thorns. And he also said, Israel was the holy and and holiness unto the Lord, and the first fruit of the and the first fruit of increase, and that the devout shall be offered, and evil shall come upon them, said the Lord. The Lord had that came to a point where he was like, in so many words, a little upset. Because they wouldn't do what he ever did. They wouldn't do what he had told them because he had been so good to them. He had showed mercy on every side. He had given them everything that he asked. But but they turned their back on him so quick and so fast. And that's the way it is now. We forget what God has done for us. We turn our back on God. We, we'll cry to God and say, God, I need this, and God will come, and you'll do, do what God has you to do. For maybe a week, two weeks, maybe a year. And then you go back. You go back to those man-made ways. And those man-made ways will be like maybe a friend of yours will come in town. And he'll say something to you. And say, come on, go with me, my man. Come on, won't you do this? And then you know that you don't supposed to be there. But the, your inner man will tell you to go with him instead of putting your trust in God, where God has delivered you from all these things, but you quickly go back to the old ways. And that's the way they was in Jeremiah's days. They were going back to the old ways. But you have to be like Jeremiah. You have to be strong regardless of what. And it kind of upset Jeremiah in a, in a way that, that you know God has been good to you. And I could see, like that time, you you knew God. You knew it was God. There's no doubt you knew it was God. And this day, it's the same way. If you don't see it, you don't believe it. But God is a God. If you got it, 
If you got to see it, you don't need it. That's the way I see it. You have to have your trust in God, and God will do everything that's needed in your life. And then we're reminded when it talks in Hebrews that the evidence of faith is the substance of things not seen. So if we see everything that we want, what's the sense in having faith? And uh, when we were looking at this part in the 13th and the 14th verse, the Lord was so upset with um, what they were going through and concerned a little bit. But he understood why Jeremiah questioned because Jeremiah was looking at things in the natural sense versus looking at things in the spiritual. And we need to take in consideration at this time, although Jeremiah was ordained by God and filled with the Holy Ghost, he sometimes looked at things in a natural way. And when you look at things in a natural way, it always seems better it always seemed like the grass is greener on the ungodly side than it is on the godly side. But we as a people of God must learn to uh, dig our hills deep and make sure that our roots are deep so that when temptations and situations come like they did in Judah's time, that we won't be subject to the will of our flesh, that we will have prayed and fasted and sacrifice, prayer, that God will give us strength to endure and overcome the trials and tests that are put before us. Because nothing comes easy in life that lasts a long time. Sure, you might have been blessed and uh, you might have a father that had a business and he was able to give word to a friend of his to hire you and Maybe you were in the church and your father was a minister there, so you wanted to play the organ or the piano, but maybe you didn't have the Holy Ghost and they allowed you to play the piano, but then you turned it around to your benefit versus to the benefit of the church and Christ. This is what happened back in the time. What was meant for good, they turned it into evil uses, evil purposes. And it seemed like they were growing and prospering, but that was not the truth of the S because they lost the most important thing in their walk in life. It was to, they were born to serve and to love God. And God would be their God. That's what it started out with. God said, I will be their God and they will be my people. But they lost track of the promise that they made with God when he delivered them. And they saw so much with their natural eyes that it was overwhelming to them because they had never seen it before. And that's how the world is today. So many temptations are presented to our people, our young people, and the the ways that we bring them up, they wind up throwing it back in our faces because they think they no longer need us. They no longer, time has changed. Things are not like when you were growing up. But God said he is the same God today as he was then. Who has changed the people of God? They begin to bend and allow things to happen that are not godly. And then when the flood comes in, see, it only takes one situation. 
and then you open the door and the flood comes flowing in and it's out of control and the numbers start to grow and situations become overwhelming. And you as a pastor or a minister or a member of the church where you were teaching good, now it's hard to teach that because you've allowed one to get away with it, so now all think they can get away with it. And um, that's just the promises of God being misused by the people of God. And then we're going to take this last, the 15th and the 16th and the 17th, and it reads, hallelujah, God, 15, 16, and 17 reads, And it shall come to pass, after I have plucked them out, I will return and have compassion on them and will bring them again, every man to his heritage and every man to his land. He's going to forgive them. Uh And all that they've done, 15th verse. Yes, Lord. Uh Uh-huh. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just agreeing with you. Okay. And uh, he's going to bring them back again. And then every man is going to receive his his inheritance again. And every man to his land. So he's going to reveal the kingdom, but he has to see that the people want that and that they're going to do his will and not their will. And it shall come to pass if they will diligently learn my ways of my people. This is the whole purpose of us having salvation. We're not to learn new ways that we come up with. We're to learn God's way, and we're to diligently seek his face for instruction. Not just say, okay, I'm going to do this because it seems like a good idea, but to swear by God's name, not by man, not by woman, not by someone that is not doing the perfected will of God. The Lord liveth, and they taught my people to swear by Baal. In other words, they didn't teach them about God. Uh-uh. They taught them about an idol uh-huh. that could not hear, uh-huh. could not speak, could not see, could not move, could not deliver them, could not give them a spirit of deliverance. And that's what has happened. Baal here represents to us it would be the world. It seems so it seemed like it was so easy to teach those ways. Okay, we're gonna burn incense to Baal. We're gonna sacrifice our children to Baal. God never asked us to sacrifice our children. But we do that for fame, for glory. And the same way here is what's happening today. We give up things that are important in the eyesight of God in order to advance. Maybe before you uh, were a very strict preacher and you had a small congregation, but now you're not as strict as you used to be and you have an overwhelming congregation. Who's getting the glory out of that? Is God getting the glory? Because he said, then shall they be built in the midst of my people. If we stand strong, if we want to do God's perfected will, just like Judah 
when Jeremiah was prophesying to him and Jerusalem and Israel, if they would but stand on the word of God, stand firm, God said that he shall build in the midst and they should flourish. But if they don't obey, if you don't want to do what God says, if you still want to run after the flowers or run after the idols and you want to do all acts of sin, you want to commit adultery, fornication, you want to do all those things instead of abstaining from sex until marriage, then God says he will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation. This is what God says. And where are we today? What was happening then that during that time? God was about to destroy a nation of people for their disobedience, disrespect to him. They had given up their love for God for love of mammon. Nothing was being done according to the word of God. They had adopted their own form of religion had adopted their own form of reading the word. They increased the laws of the land to benefit them rather than to benefit God's will. They had taken their eyes off God and placed them on whatever they could imagine in their mind. Now God is angry with them, and he's telling Jeremiah why he's doing what he's doing is because they first forsook him. And he pleaded with them. He requested that they come back and repent, that they give up their ways of sin. Stop worshiping the idol. Stop sacrificing your sin. Stop all their children. Stop all the abominations. Remember where I brought you from, what I delivered you from. When did I ever ask you to sacrifice a child? When did I ever ask you to cut off the head of a child and to separate the body and burn it? These are things that the people of Judah and the people of Jerusalem were doing, and God was fed up with it. He said, I call my people, and they refuse to hear my word. I give them a way out, and they refuse to walk through the door. I tell them this is not my way, and they choose to go the way that is not my will. After all that I have done for them, after all that I have given them, I brought them into a land of milk and honey, and they turn their back on me over and over. And I bring people in that I rise up as armies to come in and to try to let them see it's not my way. But they still want to do what they want to do. So God says, if they will not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, saith the Lord. Anyone have any input? Minister Chapman? I'm good. I'm good. I think I think that I think that sums it. That was good. That was a good summary. Do we have any other uh panel members that would like to say something at this point? Okay. 
Well, we're going to uh, thank God for having you come in and join with us tonight. And we're going to say a prayer of protection for the people of God all over the land, wherever they may be. For all of you that are doing a period of bereavement, for those that are seeking healing in their bodies, those of you that just want a closer walk with God, that God will open up the doors and give you the strength to endure, to resist the plots and the plans of the enemy, to say no to sin and say yes to God's will, to strive to be the best Christian or the best saint or the best born-again person you can possibly be, that you will hear the voice of God versus the voice of sin and the voice of temptation and the voice of the wiles of the world. Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, we come before you one more time, God, praying that you would forgive us of anything that we have done that is displeasing in thy sight. And we want those that are listening, God, to know that we too have come short of the glory of God. And except for your grace and mercy, God, there would we go too. But we're asking tonight, God, that those that are Driving God, the pastors and the co-pastors, the apostles and the bishops and the overseers, God, that you will give them strength to do your perfected will, God, that they will run and run quickly to deliver your word and to cause people to want to be saved, to want to turn from their wicked ways and to walk according to your ordinances, to know that there is a true and living God and he has power over everything. He sees and he hears everything that happens in our lives. And though sometimes we get like Jeremiah and we think you don't see God, then you come and whisper in our ears or you send another saint to give us an encouraging word, God. Lord, we pray your people will continue to do their perfected will, God, to reach out and to tell dying men and women, God, that you are God and you live and your word is true and you do not change. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray and we leave this prayer at your altar. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. People of God say amen. Amen. We thank everybody for joining in with us tonight. Y'all have a wonderful evening. All right. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.